This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out, sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Hey friends, welcome to this episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Get ready to learn a ton from today's guest who is going to blow your mind and add to your parenting toolkit with her expertise. Before we dive in, don't forget to click on the subscribe or following button for this podcast. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, be sure to do that. You can find me at Nikki Odin. And of course, remember that you can show your support for this podcast by clicking on the buy me a coffee link in the show notes. And now for today's episode. Today's guest is the world's leading sophrologist, a dynamic meditation specialist, a best-selling author, and founder of Be Sofro, a global sophrology platform. She specializes in stress management, anxiety reduction, and burnout prevention, and studied under the founder of sophrology, the late Dr. Alfonso Caicedo. Her best-selling book, The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology, was the first widely published book on sophrology in English and is now the leading authority on the subject. Her background in osteopathy and her passion for the mind-body connection deepens her understanding of sophrology and how to best use it to support people through challenging times. It remains her mission to spread the word about how the practice can benefit the world, with prominent figures like Ariana Huffington having publicly praised her and her sophrology work. Today's guest is regularly featured in the likes of The Guardian, Times, Daily Telegraph, Independent, BBC, Harper's Bazaar, L, Cosmopolitan, and more. Connect with her on Instagram at London or on her website, b-sofro.com. I am honored to be hosting her on the show today. Welcome, Dominique Antiglio. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for your kind introduction. And hi, everyone. I'm super happy to be here today. Yeah. We're so excited to have you. So first things first, what the heck is sophrology? (laughs) Good question. That's the the, the question I get all the time from the English speaking audience. Yeah. So it's, it's a wonderful practice for body and mind. So you're guided through a very simple uh, set of exercises that are based on relaxation, breathing, movement and visualization. And these uh, combination of practices have been designed to help everyone, whether you're six-year-old up to your whole life, whether you're a mom, whether you're a sports person, I mean, everybody to 
be able to be on a journey to to find yourself, to help you uh, through difficult times, perhaps challenges, and to be able to connect with your inner resource, like your mental and emotional and physical inner resources mm. that you can, um, you know, thrive in your daily life, basically. Yeah, that sounds like something that we all need. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, we all have our stresses, especially those of us who are raising humans and trying to make a living and harmonize everything that we feel like we have to do with the things we want to do and navigating that whole identity crisis of, who am I now that I'm a mom and when am I a mom and when am I the boss, et cetera. I mean, it really does become very tangled. So I'd love to hear more about your story. How did you discover sophrology and what made you want to devote your life's work to this practice? Thank you. Yeah. So basically, uh, sophrology is a very popular practice in uh, continental Europe. So mainly Mm. France, Switzerland, uh, Spain, and Belgium. And when I was 15 year old, sophrology was already around and I had a rough patch uh, in my life where I started to have symptoms of extreme tiredness and recurrent infections, um, like small infections running in my body that I had to take antibiotic for and they were always coming back. And also episodes where I was fainting. So I was on the Mm -hmm. way to school and I was suddenly fainting. And it was quite worrying because it was really weird symptoms. So I went to see my GP and for a period they did some tests and they tried different things with me, but nothing really worked or improved my state. And I was a student. I was uh, playing basketball a lot. That was my passion. So for a long time, I was unable to train. I wasn't able to follow school properly. And seems to be a never-ending issue that I didn't know where it came from. So after a while, my doctor, my family doctor, was a very wise man who had seen a lot in his career. He said, why don't you try sophrology? Because I can't really pinpoint anything wrong with you, but there's obviously something not working. And maybe we have to look somewhere else. So I went to meet a sophrologist. I had never heard of sophrology before, right. um, being 15 and not really being raised in an alternative therapy or complementary environment. And uh, I sat down with this lady. I explained what I was going through. And immediately she said, you know, sometimes our body speak. Sometimes the body is here to remind us we have to look inside for perhaps And perhaps there is something around that with you that your body is trying to tell you something and you need to perhaps start to listen a little bit and know what's going on. And I had no idea what she meant because for me, bodies were not talking. Like I had never really listened to my breath. I had never connected with my sensation or know how to deal with my emotion even. You know, I was pretty uh, uneducated on that aspect. And um, and I started to practice 10 minutes a day the way she recommended. She, she recorded a guided practice on a tape and she told me, practice this on a daily basis until next week and come back. And every lunchtime, I was practicing this exercise for 10 minutes. And after mm-hmm. uh, five weeks, I was really back to normal, like no more fainting, no more tiredness, no more infection. 
And I think most importantly, I realized how much stress I was actually carrying in my body, how much emotional stress I had just added and added over the the month or even the year or even from early childhood and not knowing exactly how to how to make sense of my life, of what I was experiencing at the time. And uh, that has been a complete life-changing moment for me because I realized, okay, if I close my eyes and I have these 10 minutes and I connect and I do these simple exercises, a whole new world can emerge from inside myself and I can suddenly find clarity, find strength, find uh, new resources to deal with my school life, with my health, with my my friendships or my parents or the pressure I felt under. Um, and uh, and that has been my first encounter and, and really life-changing. And after that, I became a, an osteopath and um, I never thought I would be a sophrologist because for me, sophrology was such a cool thing as well, like not a job. Yeah. It's like something not, you do not a job. Of, right. of a proper job. Yeah. <laughs> so I became a, an osteopath and then very rapidly after my uh, diploma, I, I studied uh, in England uh, coming from Switzerland. And then I went back to Switzerland and I wanted to know more about the practice of sophrology, which I had practiced for a good 10, 10 or 12 years by the time. And, um, and so I was lucky to train with the founder of Sophology, who was a neuropsychiatrist in, in Spain. And so Sophology is really born in the medical world to, to help people with, um, you know, mental health issues and help right. them to have a better daily life. And from the 60s, it started to develop in other settings um, and notably in the sports environment, in the corporate, hmm. in the school environment. And that's how my GP or my doctor at the end just, um, you know, just uh, noticed this was this was a possibility, yeah, for, right. for people who, who need uh, perhaps um, some more emotional support in a way, yeah? Yeah, so I, I'm fascinated with this mind-body connection, and it's something that I've recently become much more open to in the last couple of years. So are, are you, did you find in the practice or in your study of sophrology that the body manifests symptoms because of stuff that is going on in the mind or the heart, for the unprocessed trauma, um, feelings that have never been fully experienced and released. Is, is that what you mean by that mind-body connection? Yeah, I think mind, I mean, the body and the mind are more or less the same. I mean, basically every emotion that you have in in your more emotional life, you, you, you'll, you'll have a, a reflection of it um, physiologically. You'll start right. to have certain hormones running around, depending if you're angry, if you're joyful, if you're, um, you know, if you have a lot of stress after a while, you're, I mean, straight away, every, every minor stress, even they are unconscious, or even if they are positive stresses, will have an effect on your adrenaline, on your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And therefore, every single thing you experience throughout the day has a physiological match. So, right. if, so if uh, just to might, interrupt you there, yeah. as an example, like when you're excited, you, your heart pounds, or when you're nervous, perhaps your yes. stomach feels fine. So that's what you mean by that physiological response. I think that's something we can all relate to. Yes, exactly. And I, and, and I think that, you know, 
like if you're constantly under a difficult stress or uh, like where I was feeling always under pressure uh, from, you know, like the, the, the parental expectation, the, the, the teacher expectation and the expectation I was putting on myself alone right. as well. Right. Um, I think you, I was basically in a, in, a, in a state of stress permanently without even realizing it. And after a while, your body just collapsed because that amount of stress is unsustainable for long term. And therefore, you start to have symptoms like your immune system starts to be less strong, your your uh, blood pressure might drop or raise your, you know, it starts to really start to influence your, your, your health on some people. Some people will not manifest things in the body. Some people will, will have depression or have a mental health issue at some point because of stress, for example. Right. So I think it just, yeah, we're all different and we, we all have to find the way forward. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, of course, we are all different, but are there any symptoms you commonly see in people before they begin sophrology? Like people who are listening to this who may have experienced something similar where they cannot figure out what's wrong because maybe the lab tests come back, everything's quote unquote normal, but they are still experiencing these physical symptoms. Are there any common symptoms you see in people before they begin the practice? Yeah, often people come to sophrology because they feel uh, tired and they feel they can't sleep properly, for example, or they do sleep, but a very light sleep. And then they, in the morning, they wake up being tired. Um, people who have a certain level of anxiety, like not knowing exactly how, how what can they do to manage it, you know, so of, often also in, in collaboration with other practitioners, you might see a psychologist, but use mm-hmm. sophrology and have your medical prescription and, and make a nice uh, support system around you because you're trying to deal with a specific issue around anxiety, for example. Um, but also people who are preparing for an important event. For example, uh, oh, I right. see a lot of uh, younger um, adults or adolescents who are preparing for exams and they, for example, they, they lack a little bit of confidence or they feel that they freeze on the day of the exam uh, despite having rehearsed everything so well. Like when right. they are in the exam, they feel so stressed that they they have a blank, yeah? Yeah, that's very common. Yes. So, um, or, or people who actually have feel good, but they want to perform. So for example, a sports person who want to yep. prepare for a competition, you will use the visualization, you will use uh, the, the body awareness to reinforce um, your abilities, your capacities, and really um, be your best at a certain moment in time. And um, so I think there's a very wide range of why you would... Um, explore sophrology i think it's mm-hmm. both from from more like things you would like to get help specific help or also a journey of well-being a journey of knowing yourself more a journey of self-development so yeah there's it's it's about consciousness so and and bringing more awareness into yourself your body the world around you so it's it's literally useful for everything in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. And I, 
that resonates with me so much because I do believe very much in the power of being present of of that consciousness of awareness. And I feel like it's something that we need to be teaching our children for sure. It's something I wish that I had known more about growing up because like you, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And it wasn't until I realized, like until I was an adult that I realized I had been doing this for so long. I had these stories in my head about how I needed to do everything just right. And I mean, even as a child, I have memories of coloring and coloring outside the lines and just going completely berserk, like ripping the paper because I was so upset with myself for not, for putting a toe out of line. And that has, that continued throughout my young adult life, my adolescence, my young adult life. And then, you know, I've had some physical manifestations that I'm still dealing with that, you know, that are chronic. So I find this fascinating, but also even on the, on the, on the other side of it with, well, maybe you just want to perform well, like, because you're, you're a, a sports or you're an athlete or you have an athlete, right? A lot of parents, moms listening right now, they have kids who are athletes, dancers, yes. actors, et cetera. And how do we navigate that mental, that mind body connection? I'm a tennis player on the side, you know, like, I say it on the side like it's my job, but I, I play a lot of tennis. <laughs> I do find that there is a, there is something missing for me between that you know the mental pressure of wanting to perform in a match versus you know my letting my body do what it knows how to do without my mind tripping me yes. up and and where where do I make that where do I bridge that gap? So I find this whole thing very very fascinating. Now you said something about a 10 minute practice. So is this something that you just do almost prophylactically every day or do you only do it when you feel yucky? Yeah, I think that it's both. I think people often come to it and start to practice because they, they don't feel so good. So, you know, there's that motivation at that moment to start. Mm -hmm. And then I think, uh, but also I think, yes, it's going to relax you in the moment. It's going to bring a bit more focus. It's going to bring some clarity after a 10-minute practice. But I think the repetition of the practice is essential if you want mm-hmm. to self-develop through it. You know you know that concept of rewiring the brain, for example. Yeah. Uh, we know that where we, for example, example um, visualize positive images on a consistent basis a little a few time um, a weeks so, or uh, we know that our brain starts to make different connection and we start to be able to see life differently in a way yeah yeah so i think if we you want to have that that profound effect it it's it's like a little time but often so, you know, you don't need to do like 40 minutes of sophology per day unless you, you really want to, you can, because there <laughs> is depth in it and you can, you can do that. But I think most people need a tool. They need a yes. tool to feel good. They need a tool to support them in a specific moment or just to, to address like a sleep. You know, if you have sleep problems, probably you need... Um, a, a few weeks of sophology uh, to help you. And, you know, I'm not saying here that any sleep problem will be solved by sophology. I, I, I'm very respectful of the medical field and, and know the place of sophology here as a complementary approach mm-hmm. to um, a standard approach. But uh, I think, you know, you with a bit of consistency and the right exercises, you will... You will teach your body to relax. You will teach your mind to let go. You will 
become more confident in how you feel and, and listen to your needs rather than, um, you know, ending up your day completely wired and not being able to do positive decisions for yourself because you, you just are overwhelmed literally. Yeah. I think that's so important for mothers to hear too, because we tend to, it's almost an instinctual thing where we want to take care of everybody but ourselves. We want to make sure everything is working well, everyone's happy, everyone's safe, everyone, 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 everyone else, right? And we do a lot of things. And many of us also have our own careers. And then within that, we have to make sure that we're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing as an employee or as the boss or as a business owner, whatever it might be. And it's true that we take on a lot of stress. And at the end of the day, we're always worrying about our kids too. And we don't have a tool, like a a tool directly related to relaxing your body and your mind and, and aligning with your, your self, self um, preservation, I guess is a, a great way to say it. Yes, I agree with you. Hey there, Supermom. Do you ever wish someone would come out with a step-by-step system on how to keep your shiitake together? Yeah, so have we. So at Your Ideal Mom Life, we came up with one ourselves. It's called Mom with Confidence, the keep it together system specifically for super moms like us. And you can grab yours right now for $29 at youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence. In two PDFs that you can download right now, you get a complete system that teaches you how to be better at balancing time with your kids and time for yourself, how to have more patience and less mom guilt, how to complete your to-do list each day, make time to exercise, create time to enjoy your family, and how to answer that dreaded question all moms hate. What's for dinner? This proven system will help you stay on track and get a handle on all the things. That means less mom guilt, more patience, and more joy. So if you've ever stood in front of the fridge minutes before you're supposed to feed your family dinner and berated yourself for not having groceries, if you're looking at other moms like, girl, how do you have it all together while I'm over here on the hot mess express? If you want to stop feeling spread thin and start getting time for yourself without the mom guilt, head on over to youridealmomlife.com slash confidence and purchase yours today for just $29. So how do you, how does a busy mom like me get started with sophrology? Like what's the first step? It's not something honestly in the US that that's talked about very much. So what would we do to start? Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I released a book like two years ago in the US uh, and uh, so the, it's called the life-changing power of sophrology. So that could be a nice place to start because you've yeah. got some uh, simple recordings in it that you can just listen to. And I oh. think a, re- a recording is enough, you know, like or watching a video on my website and just figuring out just the exercise, how the sequence, and then and and then just let yourself be guided into that sequence and and feel. Feel for yourself. Feel what does it do to my body? This what? How can I? How do? Uh, how do I feel when I practice that? And the beauty is that basically you don't need to succeed anything at in sophrology. And I love. I say this in every session I do with people because mm-hmm. we're such in a mentality of 
okay, I have to succeed everything. I have to do it well. I have to. And basically the simple fact you're going to practice those five or those 10 minutes a day is where the change is going to, this is, this is what's going to bring about the change. And even if in the moment you feel like, okay, you, you're not sure how to do the exercise or you're not sure if you're concentrated enough or your mind thinks about your to-do list, all of this is welcome in the practice of sophology. Um, it doesn't mean that, that you, you don't do it properly. It, right. um, it just means you're, you're connecting to a busy mind, to a tense body, or, and that's, that's a realization to do. And that's realizing that is often the first step for transformation. And it's not a lost step or like an unsuccessful step. It's actually a necessary step to first connect. And sometimes it's, it's a little uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Yeah. When I used to connect or if I have uh, had a very emotional day, for example, and I, I connect with my body the first few minutes, it's a bit uncomfortable, yeah, because yeah. I feel my shoulder tense, I feel my stomach tense, and my breath is not really free. And but you give the- yourself permission to feel that way, right? It, it's it's yeah. it's okay. It's okay if you feel tense and stressed, right? Yeah. You don't need to be g- giving yourself a grade like, oh, look how not relaxed you are right now. Yeah, exactly. And I think giving yourself the time, like those 10 minutes and trusting that through repetition, all these feelings will start to harmonize. You you will start to learn as well to listen to the positive sensation in your body. And that's a, a very powerful concept of sophology. Like we, we're trying to direct the mind and awareness in the direction of what feels good. You know, after a while, yes, you don't ignore the tension, but right. can you start to look for the heaviness, the the nice tingling when you do a breathing or the, the warmth that, that you have in your muscle following a movement and just try to look at this like if it's the first time instead of telling yourself a story about the, this neck pain you have and that's always there because you had this and blah, blah, blah. You know, we all do that, yeah? Mm-hmm. But I think um, trying to look, feel your body from a fresh perspective and being guided to look for the things that really work well in your body and that are really um, light and flowing, we all have these 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 sensations somewhere in the body, even if we yeah. have issues with our physical health, there is something that still works as long as we're alive. Yeah. There is right, something exactly. that works. Yeah. So yeah. we can choose to connect to that. I love that perspective. That's very encouraging and, and also very approachable. It doesn't feel like like you said, like something you need to be good at. So are you, is sophrology something you can do just in the moment? Like, okay, I'm just going to do it right now. Or do you need to kind of sit down with the intention to do it? I think the, the first three times that you're going to practice sophrology, I think you'll have to listen properly and you'll have to watch a, a mini video, perhaps just to introduce mm-hmm. you to the concept and just understand. But very rapidly, uh, you know, you will register the different sequence. You will, and you will use perhaps one aspect of it that you like that comes easily to your mind 
after that session, which might be a simple breathing exercise, a quick visualization, if that's something you're comfortable with, a little movement that brings about a sense of release um, in your body. And, you know, for example, when I have like big talks, I tend to get nervous before and I just want to have enough tension that I can perform well. Adrenaline, I need the adrenaline to perform on the stage, but you don't want to be so full of adrenaline that you can't breathe and your voice can't project anymore, yeah? So often if I am nervous, I will just go in the, in the loo at the, the place I am, just do, do a, um, a five-minute practice before coming on stage, for example, and just makes me feel so much more in control because I've practiced before, I've prepared for my event, I know exactly how to do this, I've done it right. so many times. Mm-hmm. So somewhere inside me knows what to do, yeah? It's just that excess nervosity that it's actually not very useful to me that I can choose to let go and then and then go for it. Yeah. And that's, that's great, so useful because it's yeah, just so five useful. minutes. Yeah, and then let go of the excess because you do need a little bit of that adrenaline to keep you on your toes to have you perform well. But we tend to have excess of of some of these emotions, right? And learning how to let go of that is so powerful. So, how do you recommend? You know, most of my listeners are adults or moms. How can they use these techniques? in their parenting? How how do they impart some of these lessons to their children who might be too young to maybe understand a video or or, or, or the you know the recordings that you were mentioning before? I think kids learn by example. So you could t- say 10,000 times to an anxious child or a child that has a difficulty to practice sophrology. And I think sometimes this won't get anywhere unless the child mm-hmm. really wants it and I understand the benefits or like me so des- was so desperate to get better that I, I tried, yeah? Right. <laughs> but I think they will learn by example. And I think it could be something really fun that you, you do in the car uh, when you wait for them at school and you could mm-hmm. take your three minutes of practice there and, and just be a, a different parent for the next 15 minutes that when you welcome them, you... You you have just a different vibe about yourself because right. you've you've taken the time to to do that and your ch- children will will catch that in instantly you know they are like little raiders they know exactly yes. how we feel yeah and um, and I think if they they see changes like this or they feel changes in their parents even if it's subtle changes. That, uh, in my opinion, is the best example. And then talking to them about how we feel and how we've dealt with it, you know. Sometimes right. I I explain to my son, he's six, and I, I don't want to bombard him with sophology. I, I don't want to be this annoying mom trying to <laughs> teach him at all price, yeah. But I will tell him stories around these things, like if I am I'm nervous, I'm going to do this. And if I'm, if he sees me angry... I will show him or I will show it and I will uh, show how I manage it on the spot by a move or so that he he gets an example that it's actually okay to to feel all this stuff. And I think you're planting small seeds. Yeah. Yes. It's so true. 
that that maybe one day they will ask. And sometimes now Elliot asks me, like, if he can't sleep, mommy, can you do a bit of, he calls it sofro jolly, which is so funny, which means beautiful in French, jolly. And he <laughs> said, can we do sofro jolly tonight to fall asleep? And I said, yes, okay, let's do a little breathing. Let's do a little visualization. And we do it. Uh, and... But if I try to impose it and say, I think you should do a little sophrology, you, you, you look like you're a bit nervous, <laughs> it will <laughs> never work, yeah? <laughs> I love that story, though. That's so beautiful. And it's true. They take their cues from us. Even if we don't say it, They take our energy, they absorb it and they process it. And it's totally unconscious. It's not something like they're like, yeah, mom, yeah. I realize you're angry right now and I can, this is how I'm going to respond to it. No, it just happens. It just it happens. It's all the absorbed, time. like I said. And if we can lead by example and give them these different cues, that's going to make a huge difference. And then look, like six years old already picking up on it to help him relax and go to sleep. I think that's amazing. Yeah, hopefully it will be of use. You know, you never know. You try your best as a parent and you 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 hope they're going to do something with it. And you also know that you will do mistake even if you try your best and you have to accept that. Huh? We all we all felt, felt that at some point that, that our own parents had failed. Yeah, if you do mm-hmm. self-development, at some point you will... Yes. I mean, I went through a big phase like that, thinking that, you know, everything that I received was not good and I was, it was not correct and I should have received this and that. And, and that's, I think, a normal process to just grow and understand who you are and, and take, take some of the good stuff you receive and, and transform the stuff that is a bit more difficult to uh, keep, yeah, and to, to agree to transform and let go of that. And I think... Yeah, nobody's perfect. And as human, we just have to go through this, this experience that's not perfect. So how can we make sense of it and make it the most enjoyable and the most uh, happy and positive as we can in a way, yeah? Yeah. Well, I am definitely going to start doing this. So you, you mentioned a book, but then you said there were recordings. So it's an audio book. Is that right? Um, no, the book is like a book, but uh, there's 15, 13 practices that go with the book. So when you read the book, you'll be guided to the practice and you'll say, okay, switch on the recording as, and you're guided into a practical application of sophology, for example, for success or for sleep or for uh, stress management. And they, these are uh, short recordings that you, you can download with the book um, when you, you go to my website or on Amazon, then you can download them. Yeah, for sure. We're going to put an Amazon link in <laughs> the show notes so that people can check that out. But that sounds very, very easy to do. Very easy to yeah, implement. It's easy. Honestly, it's easy. I, I mean, it's very easy. It's, a, it's really, I feel it's a very modern life practice. It's a practice for modern life. It's a toolbox and you can use it in the way you feel is useful for you. You don't need to do the whole progression of the method. Sophology's got 12 progressive steps, but you don't need to do all this to benefit from a perspective of and of dealing with your daily life in a less mm-hmm. stressed way, for example. And some people want the depth, some people want the, the longer journey. It's a bit like you're a yogi, you can practice yoga 
like once in a while when you feel like it, or you can become a yogi and study all the, right, the exactly. philosophy behind it. Yeah. And in both cases, you're going to benefit and it doesn't matter what you do as long as it's good for you and you enjoy it. Yeah. That's a good analogy, right? You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to suddenly become the next sophrology expert to benefit no, from the practice. Not at all. Not at all. Well, this has been absolutely incredible. I love learning new things. I love improving myself. And this is not something I've ever heard of. So I feel like I've grown from this conversation. I just can't thank you enough for being here and sharing your story and your expertise. Thank you, Nikki. It was such a pleasure. And thank you for being so open. Well, that wraps up our conversation with sophrology expert Dominique Antiglio. I know you took a ton of value from it. Be sure to check out her book in the show notes for this episode. And we'll see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.